0: Hi everyone, this is Pete Berusik, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Weathered Athlete Podcast, a place for us to honor those athletes that refuse to go quietly into the night. As a weathering triathlete and physical therapist, I will spend my time talking with those athletes that continue to make the necessary repairs and continue to move forward. My goal is to determine what sets these individuals apart from the rest of society. After the discussion is over, I encourage you to stick around to hear a breakdown from a physical therapist's perspective of how this weathering athlete is able to keep moving forward. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a comment and share with your friends. Today I'm honored to have Charlie Plaskon joining me as I complete my second mile of this journey. A friend Joe and I were fortunate to spend some time with Charlie and his guide Matt Miller during Ironman Chattanooga in 2019 while on the run course. If we were solely focused on a time goal, we would have ran right past that experience. For those of you that don't know Charlie, he is a force to be reckoned with. He has been legally blind his whole life due to losing his central visual field from Stargardt's disease. However, you will find out he has accomplished more than anyone, especially his childhood eye doctor, could have imagined. He started running at age 55 and completed his first marathon at age 57. He then transitioned to triathlon after a suggestion from his children. He is a soon to be 77-year-old who has set a goal to complete 10 long course Ironman events. Ironman Chattanooga was number 9, however, he refuses to count it as official because he didn't finish in the allotted time. I was there, he did cross the finish line, unlike a good majority of his fellow athletes, but I definitely see his point. As you will hear, he has navigated life as he has on an Ironman course, one mile at a time, with determination and help when needed. His energy and zest for life is infectious in everything he does. His COVID training activities would not be the first recommendations I would give due to his prior back surgery, but he has a point. It is a great core workout. So I encourage you to sit back and use a smile for reflection and allow Charlie to be your guide and teach you how despite obstacles or not so perfect conditions, you weather the storm to keep going and come out with a smile on your face. Appreciate you taking time to at least let me talk to you and just ask you a few questions about things.
1: Well, the big thing for me, Pete, is that if we can help people along the way, I mean, I'm, I'm working my way through the tunnel of life and uh, I still have a ways to go, I hope, but uh, I have less to go than I've traveled already. So if I can help some people with what the decisions that I made that quite possibly could have uh, been better thought over, I'd uh, like to pass some of that information on it. With your help, it would be obviously... Are uh, relating to uh, athleticisms because people are so concerned with their financial future and their reputation and climbing up the ladder but uh, you can get as high as you want on the ladder and you can make and save as much as you can get and material things but if you don't have health and if you don't have desire or ambition or ability to solve problems and go around issues then uh, it's not worth the effort so if you can you figure out a way to pass don't know whether I'm a uh, uh, like see different old athlete or I don't know, weathered athlete or whatever you want to call me. <laughs> if I can, because I've been around seventy-seven years, so I mean I'm not I'm not new to the game, but I certainly don't have all the answers. But if you think I have something to share, and uh, you talk to me, and if it makes sense, pass it on.
0: So you know, like we talked the other day. So I, I'm intrigued as a PT and then also an aging athlete, my, athlete myself. Just what you've been able to do. When I go back and look at kind of the history, I see everything started, what, around 1999 when you retired? Is that when you yeah, started? Yeah,
1: yes, that's pretty yeah, I was too busy just trying to survive. I had no time, married, had three children, and worked my way through college. College wasn't uh, uh, very easy for me. Well, if you you wanted like a thumbnail sketch way yeah. back in the beginning, yeah,
0: please. Yeah, it's, maybe start oh. with Stargardt's, if you don't mind. Just to kind of fill me in on. Oh, that.
1: oh yeah, I can I can give you a thumbnail sketch. Um, well, I was born in nineteen forty three, uh, September twenty third. So I'm just coming up on seventy seven. But you would know as an athlete, you you uh, are <laughs> age. Your age group is the age you're going to be that particular year. Yep. so my actual birthday is on September 23rd 1943 okay uh, that's when I was born and made my untimely uh entry into this world <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning during a i don't know some kind of storm so that wasn't a, wasn't a great thing but everything worked out fine <laughs> uh i uh, i was kind of like like a normal kid I did the things that normal kids do right and the normal kids do wrong and I crawled and I ran and I bumped into things, knocked things over. Nobody paid very much attention to it. Uh, but then as I got a little bit older and uh, started school and teachers were noticing that I was kind of like uh, not really uh, conforming to normal uh, behavior in a classroom. Uh, so uh, I was not learning as quickly as the others, obviously, because I couldn't really see. Yeah. And back then, back then I did see a little bit uh enough to realize that i wasn't like anybody else but and i could fake it till i made it yeah uh uh so the school kind of okay but and my first grade teacher miss o'connor she just said "Oh, there's something going on here that's not good seems like a nice enough kid but he's going the wrong way he's spending too much time getting into trouble because he's got nothing else going on during the school right so i went to a bunch of doctors Many, my parents took me to many doctors. They couldn't figure out anything until I went to an eye doctor. And, uh, the the eye doctor, you know, ran the gamut of tests. And I was sitting in the examination room and, uh, uh, my father went into the office with the doctor. I could still hear what was going on and, uh, heard the doctor say, uh, you know, the world's gonna be much too dangerous a place. Charlie, you better keep him inside and find a special school and it's just gonna be very difficult and challenging. So I say, Yeah, you're a little kid, you figure I what does that really mean? Yeah. Uh I wasn't wasn't happy a couple minutes, but uh father came into the examination room and put his hand on my shoulder and said, Okay, we're done here. Uh at uh to the car and we drove home and say a word until we got in the house and we walked straight through. Uh, uh, it was a long skinny house. We lived in the city. The, the, the lot that the house was built on was 25 by 100 and that was right next to houses on either side that were also built on 25 by 100 <laughs> and so the way, what they did, they staggered it. One side of the house was two feet away from the other house but the other the alternate side, they made four, four and a half, five feet wide so you could walk into the backyard with your garbage cans. Yeah. So, walk straight through, gets me into the kitchen, and he turns me around and takes his finger and walks it into my chest. He said, Don't you listen to what that doctor said. You listen to me. And he just came on strong. He said, Don't you ever, ever use your sight as a reason for not doing something. Whatever it is you do, we will figure it out.
0: That is awesome.
1: So so where I started, back then there was uh, uh, theoretically it's always supposed to be the same. You listen to your parents, yeah. And uh, there was no hotline for a kid to dial and say there's parental abuse, or somebody's going to turn you in. There's nothing going on. What he says (laughs) (laughs) was the be all and end all. Slovak. Oh my God! <laughs> it only gets more complicated. That, that, that's bad. But oh, it was it was. And if if he had trouble, which he never did, yeah. his older brother lived upstairs, and his older sister lived upstairs. So there was no way of me surviving except getting under the thumb, under the knuckle, and just listen to what they say. Yeah. And that's how I went through life. And uh, I kind of like cleaned up my act with help because then my father would talk to the teachers and they would make uh, some concessions. But as far as Starguts is concerned, I don't know how much you know about it, but the teachers did make concessions. Uh, They put me in the first seat of the row so I could see the chalkboard more clearly. Okay. But they didn't get the concept. They were absolutely right. I could see the chalkboard more clearly. I couldn't see what the they were writing on it yeah uh it just didn't work that way yeah so i came up with my own way to survive i had a group of friends oh between four or five of us we very rarely could do all things right but in the group of five one of us was able to come up with a system yeah and i came up with a system had to get by school i went to uh regular high school it's just regular school, regular regular elementary school. Uh, it was no middle school. It just went right to eighth grade. So I went to high school four years. High school, and just notifying the teachers that I had an issue, and uh, they made some concessions. But after that, I was we made it. Me and my friends, we we made it. Yeah. High school in four years, went on to college, four years, bachelor's degree, went on to university and got a master's degree. And uh, I was, I kind of like wanted to be a teacher because, and I knew all the tricks. (laughs) (laughs) So when I became a teacher, there was no way anybody was getting around me. (laughs) And that's the way I survived. I mean, it just, it just kept getting better and better because I was a freaking natural. Yeah. Uh, And I, I just knew how hard it was for some of these kids to learn. So if you don't come face on, head on, and bump heads, uh, when it's a when it's a hard nosed kid, boy or girl, it didn't really matter. Go through the back door, you know, build up a relationship, and come through the back door and hits head and and then gradually turn them around. And it worked for thirty two years. Wow, that's it's it a beautiful setup for me.
0: That's great. What did you end up teaching?
1: I uh, started off with technology.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but technology back then was wood shop, ceramic shop, plastic shop. There were just shop classes with machines. Okay. And my, my father and Uncle Joe, that was their forte, that okay. was their background. And they taught me all about the machines, how to woodworking machines, metalworking machines. I knew all of that because if I couldn't make it in college to become a teacher, teacher I would just become, uh, get in industry. I could run the machines better than most sighted people. Really? Uh, Oh yeah, I was watch stuff. Uh, And of course my father taught in the vocational school.
2: Okay. So he knew what he was
1: doing in my hand. Uh, She taught seamstress, she was a seamstress, and she taught sewing. Uh, So they are all technical people, hands-on people, but they were all educators. And uh, I fell right into the fold. I just had that natural gift to be a teacher that's great and then it got more and more complicated as my sight when I saw less and less yeah I had to customize what I was able to do so then I took back to college again another university Hofstra University I got my administrative license and it wasn't just building level I went right up to district level okay so my graduating class was one of the last classes that had a lifetime license uh Everybody else after my class, they have to, if you if you have an administrator position, then your license holds. But if you don't, or if you're not an administrator, uh, three years go by, you have to go back to classes. Okay. Because then it would uh, go back to provisional. So mine is permanent. I could go back to doing anything I want from teaching right up to district superintendent. Uh, in fact, sometimes, because I... I, I just related to a lot of people because I did have some administrative positions near the end. As of when I retired, uh, my shop was way at the end of the uh, building because the machines were noisy and it was on the athletic field. And some of my classes, my special classes for the special programs, they would meet till five o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock, and it was dark out there. And uh, track would be running and running and running. And I, for years I just said jeez almighty what a f- worthless activity they've got nothing better to do with their time man what a waste of time uh, but when I retired and I had time on my hands I said well, for something that you never really did before and to make it a double win win situation uh, besides never doing it before why don't you try something that you poke fun at and so people were ridiculous to do it See what happens. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. First half hour, anybody can do. It. Second half hour gets tough after that. Unless you know what you're doing and you train, you're, trained, you're yeah. not going anywhere. Uh, it took me a long time being visually impaired. It took a long time to get over that, walk get through that. But I did. And, and 5Ks became natural, 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons, just getting better and better. And my daughter, is a PT. Person. Okay. And uh, she graduated from Siena. Yeah. And the other one is an accountant. So she did something else up in upstate New York. Okay. So she's she's an accountant. And my son is occupational therapy. Oh, okay. And he went to uh, UNE, University of New England, up in Maine, Benefit Maine. So I have like that type of people, like your kind of like background <laughs> in the family and when I was doing marathons non-stop, uh, and they just became so natural. I went to Europe and I did three marathons in three weeks, and so sort nothing of another. And, uh, well, I did think a little bit about the third one. That <laughs> was a little challenging. The first one was in uh, uh, Germany, uh, Munich, uh, Munich Marathon. And the second one was, uh, I don't know if you know, Europe or Germany. It's like uh, Constance is a lake in the southern part of Germany. You, okay. start, you hit three, three countries, Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. So that was a very t- trial that they call it, three lands that you run through. That was exciting. And uh, I finished up my third one was uh, Venetia, Venice. Okay. I ran, I ran Venetia. That was very challenging because there are bridges, lots of bridges all over the place. But, uh, we survived them, and uh, had a great time. Went for a gondola ride, and drank a lot of beer. When we finished, <laughs> and it, it, it was a good thing. But then I was much younger, three, three that quick. Then okay. my kids, my kids tell me that uh, you're abusing one set of muscles, you're abusing your body. Why don't you spread it out into three muscle groups? Uh, just go, not just run. Why don't you swim, bike, and then run? So I said, yeah, that's cool. So I figured well, I'll take this swimming thing over of quickly. Well, that didn't work out. Because you swim, I swim, because I was a pretty avid water skier. I okay. swam and surfer, but you only swim short distances just to get from point A to point B. You try swimming a mile, two miles, <laughs> in open water, and you have to learn a whole new philosophy. It's, and that took me two years to get that one down. Okay. Biking came pretty quick. Endurance on a bike, uh, I came up pretty good. So then I started off just like I did with the marathons. I did the sprint sprint triathlons, then the Olympic distance, then the heads and then the foot. And uh, Ironman distance is when I became competitive. Okay. uh, Because I just had the the endurance muscles or the endurance physiology or stature or stupidity, I don't know, whatever it is, (laughs) just to keep just to keep going and going and going. But many athletes and doctors just say I get away with that because of my uh, physiology and also because I have active recovery. Uh, I don't necessarily blow it all out and uh, then have to rest or stop or can't go any further. Okay. I recover I recover while I'm going. It's a much slower pace and, it's, and I have an elephant part that just keeps and going and and here I am. I did I did it and uh, I've been doing a lot of speaking, motivational speaking, when I was racing, and I'm getting back to it now again. In fact, you're you're the one that put the icing on the cake. That went uh, in the Ironman in Chattanooga. Yeah. That was the first. That was my ninth one. Yeah. Because I won it. I won it ten, but I still don't like the way I completed that one. That's yeah. That. Yeah. It was it was a bad day. It was, oh, you were there, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Very, very hot day and hilly going up to that lookout, mountain. Oh, my God, whatever mountain it was that you had to climb oh, right, not to the top of it. But I did finish it, but it took me, I didn't complete it with the, the new constraints did the distance, but that extra mileage and the heat took it out of me. So I still don't consider that my ninth Ironman. Uh, I'll, I'll do the ninth one over again. I was, I was going to try for um, California. Uh, Just canceled it. It was, uh, yeah, in fact, I just got the email that they canceled uh, the one in California. Hmm. So that was out, supposed to be September.
0: They moved Santa Rosa, I was supposed to do Santa Rosa 70.3, and they moved that one to October, but I don't see that one happening. and Chattanooga was just canceled last week, so Chattanooga is okay, done.
1: Yeah, wow, boy, Clarence is taking a big hit. Yeah, it's a it's a oh. rough
0: it's a rough year. So to transition to that, how have you uh, coped with you know all this stuff getting canceled? I know it's got to be frustrating. How are you keeping yourself busy?
1: Oh wow, I have a real good at it. In fact, I'm looking at your answer right now. Can't <laughs> see it. It's only on the other side of the driveway. Uh, I helped my son buy a boat. Okay. Uh, so we're back to uh, boating. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about boating. It's, Nothing. Uh, not a thing? Not a thing. Oh, wow. This is a nice boat. It's a Key West. Uh, we had many different type boats. It's eight, 19 feet center console. But it's got a 150 on the outboard. And it moves nice in the water. Uh, so had the boat we're up in Boston now on a lake smooth as glass so I just wanted to see how much juice I had left in my tank uh-huh. so we bought we bought uh, their tubes but they really are they used to be gigantic tubes almost like you take a truck tire tube like four and a half five feet in diameter and I think it's like maybe oh I don't know 16 inches 15 inches of that in that and like diameter and you wrap that around that's what would be the tire part Okay. and it overall circle is maybe four and a half five feet wide and we drag that behind the boat get beaten up and fly <laughs> into circles and try to <laughs> knock everybody off so, so the new version of that is like a flying saucer type thing the darn thing is still the four feet wide but the thickness of it is like maybe ten inches that's it so when you lay on that thing you really have to tip up the one corner or you're going to dig the corner in and get wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I've been on that like Saturday and Sunday, and I know I have the strength uh, to do that. And it's exciting because I have to make friends with the water again. So I'm out there getting beaten up hour after hour, taking turns on the, on the, uh, uh, on the tube, and I go with my grandson, and he thinks it's hot stuff because uh, he, he's he's nine I mean we're taking hits just banging into each other at the two flying in the air trying not to get blown off and he gets blown off I get blown off and then we let go and I mean you skid around the water before you sink in so mm-hmm. you're, you're moving but this kid wants to just keep going and going <laughs> so I kind of backed off on that a little bit so I'm going to order a pair of water skis I'll work with my daughter-in-law a pair of water skis out here because I keep telling him he's a kid he just likes I keep telling him I said Jack I mean I've never been inside a washing machine this is basically just going into a washing <laughs> machine getting beat the heck Yeah it's the fun Yeah it's the fun <laughs> yeah, smart, But it gets old real quick why don't we try feeling on the board Yeah. Or trying to stand on the board nah no, nah, this is gonna be beat yeah and then uh, yeah, so we slow down, my son brings the boat around. So you boys want another ride. Yeah, yeah. another ride. And hit it hard, Dad. Try to knock us off. I Oh uh-huh. jeez almighty. But it, it is cute, fun. Uh that's what I did with my son, but then of course I was quite a bit younger. Yeah. But it's it's once again you have a relationship, you build a relationship, and he sees me taking hits, I fly off and he flies off and it's just a cool way to build a relationship, not just with, uh, uh, I don't know, you buy him something for his birthday, buy him something for Christmas. This is something that's really cool stuff. And that's what I've done with all my kids and grandchildren as well.
0: Yeah, see. So,
1: so that's what I'm doing.
0: So how's your back doing that, though? Because I know you have some back issue. As a PT, I'm sorry, Charlie. As a PT, I'm not going to say that's probably on the exercise list.
1: And I'm telling you. I'm telling you. With age 77, there does not necessarily mean brains all of a sudden start to appear. You don't pull them out of some other part of your anatomy. No. There's no. Brains, maybe. to keep my ears apart. But common sense, zero. Not at all. I keep telling myself, when my I hear my back go crack. I go,
3: uh,
1: oh, that's going to hurt. And here I am the morning after saying, yeah. that wasn't really that bad. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, I have to start being more sensible. There's nothing, it does nothing good to your back. It you can't possibly. No. Uh, Peter, no, guaranteed nothing. Flip off yeah. the board and roll along the, the water for like 30 feet before part of your arm or leg sticks in the water and that slows you down and you're ripped. Oh yeah, nothing good.
0: Yeah, nothing you, good. Yeah, remember we got to try to get you through your uh, to your tenth uh, Ironman. So you oh, know, we gotta... <laughs>
1: same. words, words of wisdom coming yeah. from a weathering athlete. Yes, weathering. man, yeah. you're not even you don't even weathering. You yeah, trust
0: trust me, trust man, me your
1: skin I don't. Doesn't have a ripple in it. <laughs> 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 but the cute thing, the cute thing is, and I I know this is a cop out, but you need core yeah. core strength this is all about core mm-hmm. and that's what you need to swim. You need a core you, to, to run. You need a core. You just need a core. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like, that's what, that's what my brain does. It sends messages to my feet, through my core. It's not just saying hey, feet, let's get going. No, it's that. And you like take your shoulder, just make a little, little tweak of the shoulder. And then with your right hand, you take a little swing forward, and you imagine as you bring your right hand back, you're grabbing your left ankle and helping that leg go back. It's all, in my brain, it's all, well, you know, yep. all connected. Yep. Your, your right hand, left foot, yep. left hand, right foot, and then going through the core. And I just say, get ready, core. You're going to be busy today. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much what I do. Uh, abuse myself. Uh yeah, some people would call it abuse, but uh not getting cocky. My body's nope. just used to that kind of ridiculousness yeah. is. Yep. And uh I do my stretches basically each day and Okay. I have a I have a set of weights here, all uh, free weights. Because all the gyms are closed. I can't even yeah. run to Choc into a gym now. I know. Everything's restricted. So yeah. They restrict your activity, but they leave the outlets. The liquor stores open twenty four seven. So you go the wrong way, <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to build up some rub a dub dub. And the kids, the kids that were on the boat, were really really cute yesterday, uh, because the one guy's two sons came, and this this guy is like forty six, forty eight, and he was a pretty avid uh, rollerblader skateboarder, and he's trying to get back to skateboarding. So the first thing, first thing his son says, Daddy, you look different than Charlie. Like, why are you, why do you, why you, do you look the way you look? <laughs> and Charlie looks the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> so he's father <probably> like, goes, <laughs> but it's just a physical thing. And, and um, I can even see people. So I just have to listen to them and tell, yeah. listen to what they're saying or what they're doing. Then I can just imagine the shape that has to go along with that. And from what I can tell, he, this one man, nice guy, he specializes yeah. in uh,
3: drinking beer. Okay. He can drink beer. Drinking beer is, is an athletic event
1: fan. But he, <laughs> he went out on a wake on a two, and he got beaten up, so I'm proud of him. <laughs> uh, but laugh, you're... You know, it's all cute it's cute stuff. Yeah. But he said, yeah, Charlie, I, I got to do something about this. And maybe seeing you out here doing this will make me, make me think about it because uh, I say it quietly. What are you going to be doing when you're 77? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And that's that's pretty much where it goes. And I'm, I'm not out there motivating, but I guess just I'm motivated all the time just by what I do. And that makes me feel that makes me feel good. So it makes me put down that, uh, third martini or <laughs> third, third beer because it, it does nothing good. It's, it's very relaxing yeah, and exciting, but that's not what I'm all about. Cause yeah. now I say, now that I have the boat, cause we, the boat, we just, just got it, it, it maybe two weeks ago, just got it registered. Went in the water first thing on Saturday. And, uh, it was great, and Sunday was great. So today's a down day because everybody's working. Yeah. So that that gives me an opportunity to uh, do some cross training. Went for a long walk this morning with my daughter But unless you have a serious focus on some reason to be involved with athletics, uh, it gets tough. Yeah. And the, the thing is that you could you could be sprinkled around the country, and know where the people are and everybody's training training but you know you're going to get together in September or October or November and then you're not going to be talking to or relating to people that are passively involved with athletics or nice to be involved but when you start doing Ironmans that's a whole different kind of nice yeah that's like a that's a whole different kind of nice and when you I don't flaunt it I don't advertise it but when you get to a whole group of people, that, that's what they do. So when we go out and have a couple of beers, a couple of beers are really like a couple, one or two. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you've got nothing to do except keep drinking the beer. So it's a very yeah. unique camaraderie that, unfortunately, this year is being put to the test. It's down to the individual. And that would make someone like yourself, Corona is giving everybody lemons. Yeah. And somebody like you can potentially... Make some line of thread connecting those lemons and turn it into lemonade. And uh, if I can encourage anybody to just don't give it up because yeah. sooner or later there's going to be an activity and you can't. You have to stay fit. There's got to be an iron fit. Like for me, when I was doing Ironmans all the time, I was like six weeks, eight weeks tops. You yeah. can go from zero, which really isn't isn't zero, but uh, you just drop back on your training, which is where I am right now because I have nothing to focus on. And I want to get back into that because my balance, I know, uh, is becoming challenged. And my son picked up that uh, my age, uh, uh I'm losing tactile senses because they were very extreme for me. So now I'm dropping more down into the average group. Okay. But uh, I can't really feel as much as I feel. So I am adjusting to what I can do, so we put buttons on the microwave, so I can take care of. Because I still want to be independent. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind to help, but I want to be independent. Uh, so I am looking for other reasons to be athletic. And now I'm going to water skiing, because um, there'll be a challenge, a certain level. Some I was good. I was better than good. I was real good, <laughs> and everybody knew it. And my grandson. Uh, my son, when he was my grandson's age, uh, I put on a pair of water skis and put him on my shoulders and skied with him on my shoulders and my daughter, she, PT, PT girl, uh, she started on a pair of water skis and we were both behind the boat and she kicked hers off and climbed onto my ski. She climbed up my back Wow! and she got onto my shoulders. So all of these pictures, now I tell my grandson that that's what I want with you You on my shoulders like your daddy was. So all of these things are making me stay more active, more physically fit. And uh, also what I'm going to do is go back to another one of my first love, dancing. Okay. I always like dancing and you have to be fit to dance and you can't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a dancer. Yep. Or up one morning and say I'm going to do a marathon and be a triathlete or an Ironman I mean you have to be fitness training and I like that once again it's core yep oh P- Patrick Swayze come on Fred Astaire <laughs> I mean these guys they core straight, oh my god so stuff like that dancing uh, it's not uh, uh, it's not the manly thing but yeah. it's, it can potentially it, be a manly thing
0: definitely so, can
1: that's where I'm going that's As- where I'm going that's good
0: so, so Charlie you talked about your 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 feet and uh, like sensation stuff so how is it like after a race or actually during a race you know Chattanooga was hot uh, heat water don't really mix too well as far as friction and having problems did you have any issues with skin during the race or after the race
1: uh, yeah I had Quite a lot of issues with skin. Yeah, especially when I kicked into the curb and fell down. That snucked off skin completely off my elbows and knees.
0: Oh, did you? When did um, you fall? You, you fell during uh, well, the I run. I kicked the curb. Kicked the okay. curb,
1: uh, not a curb, a crack in the crack in the sidewalk. Yeah, but it was a, it was a tough fall, and the feet were getting heavy. Yeah, and uh, nothing was working. But uh, as far as my feet don't usually swell or blister if I take the time to lace my shoes up correctly and uh, don't do it too tight on a long race. And sometimes I have to loosen it. Yeah. Uh, if you take the time to, to pay attention to what you're doing. But near the end, Chattanooga, I was yeah. also slow, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, so for me, though, something I never ever considered was walking, walking fast. Uh, there's a technique for walking fast. I've been yeah. practicing that, you yeah. know, you know, people say they can walk a 15 minute mile. Unless you train walking a 15 minute mile, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah. Um, so it's all once again, training. So I'm learning all these things now. i in Boston, I go with my, my daughter-in-law and these hills are like nonstop. Yeah. It's not like you do one or two and they, they go away. They constantly go and constantly steps. I go up 13, 16, 18 steps every time you go upstairs. And that's what you do to get into the house. Mm-hmm. So automatically these people are uh, much more fit and they do the stair stepper. They don't need a stepper. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they are stepping all the time. <laughs> uh, but it, it does, unless you are extremely focused and have a lot of time, Peter, you need a lot of time. Yeah. You can't be... Uh, well i couldn't do it when i was working yeah I couldn't do it had to be when i retired so you need a lot of time to train up how do you how do you squeeze in training i i think you mentioned once that you have children a child no
0: yeah i have i have two sons i'm lucky i didn't pick up the sport till i was 45 and my oldest was in college and my youngest was in high school so he was doing his own thing anyways so it was kind of a perfect transition and now One's actually graduated, he's an accountant, and then the youngest is, and is going kind to of start his junior year at UNC Charlotte, so he is um, he's in and out of the house, so I'm pretty much on my own, and you know, I'm here with my wife, and she's home with the dog, so she kind of lets me, I do my training in the morning, I try to do it early so that I'm back, and then that way I get stuff done in their house, but I, I don't know how, doing it when the kids are small, I give anybody credit. It is very difficult. It takes a lot of time to do any of oh, this yeah. stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. And and listen. So now I'm doing some quick math because I I I was a math teacher part time too. So you, why did I think you were much younger? <laughs> Um, so you could potentially be a weathered athlete. I am. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm 50. That's why we basically made the cutoff at 50. So this is where it, <laughs> I just sneaked in. So that's why was... Charlie, I'm trying to get all the secrets here. Cause I want to be doing what you were doing. That's where I want to be. That's my goal. <laughs>
1: You're you're a young weather. You're a young weather. I just felt my weathering with athleticisms until I was 55. That was back in 99. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you are older.
0: Sorry yeah. My God. So you're training right now on the bike. Are you doing just stuff on uh, tandem with somebody, or are you on your trainer all the time?
1: No, I'm my trainer. Okay. Because I have, in fact, my daughter asked me, she wants to get a trainer because she said traffic down in Florida. She's in Florida, Naples, Florida. She said, "It's it's like crazy. People are crazy. Yeah, yeah. and you can't even buy bikes now because everybody bought them up. Yeah, and everybody's out there with their bikes and social distancing and people in the cars. It's crazy. So she got kind of like moved off to the side of the road. Yeah, uh, and she's up to like two hours. She was calling me in the morning when she goes and." Everything was cool, and she got up to two hours. I said, "Well, now you got to start seriously thinking about hydration." Yeah, you know, up to an hour, up to an hour, you can you can kiss it off. I mean, there's got to be yeah. enough in your body for an hour. Yeah, but the longer it gets, uh, the more exciting it gets. But then you have to bring the right equipment, with the right nutrition, hydration along with you. So she was doing great; she was up to two hours, and uh, sure enough, didn't hear from her one morning. Next morning, I get a call. Uh, she she fell off the bike oh. but she didn't she had help um uh, coming into the development where she lives uh a car was making a left-hand turn and whatever yeah. uh, just squeezed her off and she headed for the curb but uh it was i can't i still don't understand uh she had to she got up onto the sidewalk somehow but she wasn't really completely in control of the bike she managed to get out of the street so that the car didn't hit her but uh uh her tire they had recently just edged the sidewalk and they cut out quite a bit of dirt yeah you know, little little miniature trench on the side of the sidewalk and that's where her front tire went in slipped in and then she went right off the bike she and okay the, yeah yeah just knees and elbows you know okay. but nothing serious because she wasn't clipped in nobody yeah. clips in Okay. It's just, just a crazy father. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody clips in. I, I told them that's no good. You just, you figure something out with maybe a cage on the end of it. That's as good as it's going to get for you guys. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's clicking it, in, <laughs> yeah. in. So she knocked off, you know, little skin here, little skin there. Yeah. She did okay, but uh, uh, it's all over two hours. So now she's talking training, nice. trainer, trainer. Okay. And uh, I told her, mine is like, oh, but uh, I'm not giving it up yet. Because, uh, <laughs> it's an old, I was a $300 trainee 20 years ago, a trainer three, 30, yeah, 30, 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, the thing is that it's an oil-filled one. okay. It's not, it's not just air or nothing. It's, it's a serious piece of equipment. I mean, it's beat up now, but it still works. So that, that does that does good for me. Uh, and because I don't have I have a situation I have a beach coma tandem. I have that up here by my son's house and we'll put the air in the tires and go for a ride but yeah that that's not what it's all about My like my racing tandem
4: yeah
1: I mean that thing I can only let certain people on that yeah because that will that will take two of us out. yeah uh, that whole thing only weighs 16 pounds so okay. it's like nothing. It's not a serious bike it's a griffin. Yeah. And when Griffin was in business, boy, I, that bike is all tricked out because I had sponsors left, right, and sideways. They wanted to see that bike every place. And they saw yeah. the eight Ironmans. Yeah. So I got the best wheels, the best gears, the best freaking everything. So I can't let people on that. So that's just collecting dust. That's why I write to find the right person. You and I yeah. cross paths. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, How long does it take the two of you to kind of work things out?
1: If it's a serious athlete like you, sometimes, sometimes when I fly someplace and I have the bike transported, uh, bike transport, Yeah. my bike arrives, I arrive, my guide arrives, and maybe, depending on how tight we do before the race, I'll get one day, sometimes just an hour, two wow. hours. Wow. Because the shakiest,
4: scariest thing is to start. Yeah. Because you're both clicking in, clipping in. Yes. It's it's like serious stuff. You got
1: to get that timing squared away. And there's one guy, oh my God, he was so nervous (laughs) and shaking the bike. And we had to stop a couple times and jump off quick. And it was terrible. So I finally convinced him. I said, so listen, calm down. It's going to be fine. It was in Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky Ironman. Ironman, Kentucky, because the rolling hills of Kentucky. I kept telling him, I said, listen, don't worry about it. This is scary. You're scared. Everything's fine. We only have to do this once. Because <laughs> once we mount this bad boy, <laughs> we're not getting off the darn thing until <laughs> we do the 112 miles just once. That's all you got to do. And oh, it was a shaky start, but the rolling hills of Kentucky, we just leapfrogged up those things, we never got off the bike. Uh, we just had our two hours, and that was it. Wow. Average average 20, 22 23 miles an hour for the nice. whole distance nice and yeah but it, it's it's a pretty scary operation because uh once you get into it then of course you want arrow position and you yeah. want you're yeah. all tucked in and everything's cool And stuff happens fast you know that yeah. oh. stuff it, it happens real fast and the double trouble is the way we have to do it on a tandem he grabs, passes it back to me. Grabs one for himself. Grabs another one, passes it back to me. Grabs another one for himself. This is very, very complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we got people running after uh, us, trying to pass us stuff as we go. Yeah. Oh yeah, tricky, tricky business. So much so that uh, uh, we load up. We load the bike up. We have six cages. Yeah. Okay. But that's only three for us. It's yeah. three for each of us. Yeah. Which is what you? I'm sure you carry six, yep. three gauges. Yeah.
0: Cages. yeah. Yeah, I pretty much had three. I have two in the bar and had three. one on one on the on my arrow uh, position. Oh, and okay. Then, okay. So I had three and I used all three and I stopped every station to fill up. So what yep. do you what do you do then during the ride? How do you know when to to drink? Are you just doing it on your own, or is Matt kind of telling you, or you have a Not watch? To,
1: we keep each other posted, like you said. You better be done halfway with that first bar, or okay. you should be halfway halfway through the first bottle. Okay. And yeah, we have to. Uh, because you lose track. Even, even yeah. anybody loses track. Yep. Yeah. If I don't have somebody monitoring what's going on, then I lose. And if you, if you skip a couple hydration drinks, then you can't go backwards and do it. Nope. <laughs> no. No. So yeah. he, he, that's another, that's another guy's responsibility.
0: Okay. So he's watching the time he's watching, uh, yes, yes. he's watching the miles and I know when I'm doing group rides even bikes in front of me I can barely hear. I have some loss of hearing in my left ear so it's kind of hard. Are you able to hear the the guide or telling you when to drink?
1: It, it's pretty much I trained so much with Matt that yeah. we kind of like uh, we can almost like anticipate what we have to be doing. Okay. And then and then he he will say uh, well next time we do cause most most bike uh, oh, I think maybe every single one. I don't think I ever did uh, a bike Ironman where it was just not a two-loop or three-loop. There's always a second loop. So the first one is just practice. Yeah. That's it. We just first practice, and he points out where we want to be when we do the second loop, where we want to be when we do the third loop. So the first loop is just stretch, learn what's going on, and and, and get ready. And then we get much more serious because he always wants negative splits. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: So well, I guess everybody really yep. would like that. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's the goal <laughs> in a perfect in a perfect, in a perfect world. Textbook says, yes. yeah. Well, the textbook isn't here right now. Yeah. So it's cute, but it's a lot of responsibility with the guy. But then, when you when you work with the guy enough, you kind of like anticipate, you know, what your needs are. Uh, and it, it's, it's it's definitely a relationship. So I did most of my Iron Man's. Uh, serious ones with Matt the rest yeah. of them when he was when he was busy doing other things then he put me in touch with somebody that was of his caliber okay uh, so then it, it, it would work it would work uh, well as well but then each time then there's a rainy course then there's a a detour because uh, something's washed out it's always there's always something so the person has to be a very flexible yeah uh, person to begin with and uh, but you have to have Miles under your belt? Said, uh, under twelve-mile bike ride. That's not uh, that's not small potatoes.
0: No, no, it's not. Is Matt telling you, like, when you're going through the race, is he telling you how many miles you've completed or how many miles you have left? Is he give? What's he giving you as far as uh, feedback?
1: Pretty much. No, he. What he does, uh, he he doesn't do it blow by blow because that's yeah. that's that's discouraging. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like you say, oh, you know. 90 miles to go, 80 miles to go, 60 yeah, miles to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That still sounds like a whole load of miles. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would say something, well, halfway. Okay. Yeah, we break the uh, marathon up into four 10Ks. Okay. We don't count the miles, we don't count anything, just Good. four 10Ks. One yeah. 10K is down, one ten, the second 10K, everybody's feeling crappy, third 10K, you yeah. better be feeling crappy. Yeah. You, figure, you, figure, you figure the fourth 10K, and if you're still mobile, then whatever you have juice left in a tank, you just pull it out of someplace.
2: Yeah, yeah, you find
1: so it. You find it. <laughs> yeah. you, that's that's the way we do it. The marathons are four ten k's, simple, boom. Okay. And uh, and the uh, bike ride, the twelve miles. After that, it's just a century ride. Yeah. This is just a century ride. Yep. Nothing more than that, Charlie. Yep. We've done thousands yep. of these things <laughs> and training thousands of them. Yeah. And it's a century ride. They we're inside fifty. Yeah.
4: That's it. Yeah.
1: So uh, that's pretty much the way we do that. The swim. It's just uh, I need to know halfway on a swim. Okay. Because I don't. I don't like swimming. I'm not a. I just want to get the heck out of the water as quickly as possible. A two loop course. That's great for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's half over. It's half over, and that's cool. So pretty much that's it. Because if you if you count down like how far you have to go that's a pretty depressing
0: thought especially in the beginning it's good at the end but in the beginning yes yeah 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 yeah, the the bike was every 25 miles I broke it in the quarter and you know you did aid station aid station aid station whatever it took to get you there and then once you get over that second half you're right you're just you're just clicking them down and and just putting in the time and Um, That's
3: it, Just put. that's it, that's it, putting in the time.
0: Yeah, putting in the time, and for me, everything, I'm just trying to enjoy the experience. You know, I feel blessed to even be able to do what I'm doing. Um, I would have never expected that I could have done it myself. It was five years ago, I would have never even thought that I could have done a a full Ironman, but it's amazing, you just got to put down the time, you got to do it, and it's, uh, I'm hooked. I love the sport, I love the people, I love the attitude.
1: So when was your first?
0: was your first five years ago so Iron Man Chattanooga was my first full so Whoa, yeah movie. yeah that was my first oh. full I've done uh, beach to battleship before it became North Carolina 70.3 that was in 2015 I've done Augusta and then uh, I did last year I did two events I did Eagleman uh, the half oh yeah okay, okay. half I did the okay. half. That was in the spring. That was in May. I like I said last year. I did both <laughs> events for Crohn's and Colitis <laughs> Foundation. So I started with the half in at Eagleman, and it rained. It poured on us, Charlie, and and the <laughs> I mean downpour on the bike. But it was my fastest bike ride ever because it's flat. You just got to pick your speed and just go. You don't really ever change your gears. You're just going. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, but it was it was great. It was quick. Uh, but they canceled our swim on us. Uh, we were ready to go in, and they cancel. We're gonna have it. We're we not gonna have it. It was so choppy. I'm kind of glad that they did cancel it because I'm not a great swimmer. And once they canceled it, even though I would have been nice to, it was my best event, I think. So I would have loved to do the swim just so I could see how it all went together. Um, but I wasn't too disappointed because it was so choppy. <laughs> yeah, I've had
3: some I've heard, pretty nasty swims available. Right yeah, now. nasty. Threatening life threatening <laughs>
1: life threatening swims. Uh yeah, I don't I don't I don't care for that swim deal thing.
0: Yeah, I like uh, that we can do rolling starts. I can't imagine doing a um like for Kona, when you did Kona, was that just a mass start? Yep. How'd you do that? Did you wait back and let people go oh, or did you get in the oh middle of it? Oh my god. Yeah. No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no. Because then it was even worse in in um Hawaii, because you had to swim out past the jetty, uh, and then you just like treaded water out there and waited for the the cannon to go off. (laughs) I stayed way back. I don't even like treading freaking water (laughs) for an extra five minutes. My my butt. (laughs)
3: I'm
1: going way, way back. But that's where experience, experience comes into play. Yeah, because if you do on beach starts, uh, see Matt's a professional. He 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 knows what he's doing. Yeah, and you just watch. You watch the first group go in. Watch the second group go in, and you can see which way the tide is running. Okay, which way the tide is running. Let me tell you, Peter. Yeah, that made me look like an absolute hero in Panama City. The tide was running. I did Panama City in 1242.
4: Wow.
0: Incredible.
1: 1242. That's that's the the fastest time for a visually impaired athlete still. That is awesome. Um, But he watched and he watched and he watched, and he talked to a couple uh, people, and if you started where they told you to start, Cause the beach is long. you got a quarter mile of beach. You can start wherever you want. Okay. Stretch stretch out along the beach. Stretch out along the beach. Everybody gets as close as they can to the first marker. And he's watching, he's watching, he's watching. And we started way late. We just kept walking down the beach, down the beach, further down the beach, further down the beach. And Cannon was off. And we're way up there, all by ourselves. Yeah. Cannon, Cannon was off. We get in the water, and everybody gets in, and they're fighting the current to get to the first marker. We are swimming like we're on fire, (laughs) and the current is just sending us to the first marker. Wow. And we collided with the massive bodies on the first marker, but I had juice left in my tank. Yeah, turned that marker, and we were gone. We were just totally gone, so you have to really have experience and, and watch what's going on and and learn to use the elements in your favor if possible yeah <laughs> if, if if possible so yeah the 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 time trial start yeah that's the best they did that in they did that in chattanooga yeah and they did it in uh kentucky yeah time trial start you walk to the end of a uh floating dock boop jump in and go yeah, but, uh, it, it's challenging, you know, because then you had to swim a canal, yeah. and there could be faster swimmers behind you. Yeah, so you're getting killed. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm okay. Uh, I could swim in a washing machine probably. <laughs> uh, so I, I get, I get kicked to pieces, but yeah, it still was a great, it was a great day, great, yeah. great day.
0: Yeah, for Chattanooga, at least everybody was able to spread out. It really, yes, it was yes, like, yes. There was only a few times that I really felt like I had someone on top of me and, you know, you could just move out of the way, but it was, we were able to spread out. So I never felt threatened at all. Um, but I've been some of our local sprint tries where you got people swimming right up over the top of you. And the the only thing I can do is stop and let them pass. And, and that way, then I get, once I get my open space, I'm good to go. I can swim as long as I need to do, as long as I'm not being harassed, you know, so oh, I got
1: it. I, I have it and nobody does it intentionally, but yeah, because everybody, everybody, tries to make believe they're a me, except I've been a me all my life. Yeah. You take away your ability to see, yeah, people. That's not a good thing for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're really not happy with that. So uh, yeah. yeah, but it, it that all comes with. Uh, you have your training, like you said. Once you're in open water, you know yeah. your pace. You can kind of like do what you got to do. And everything is fine. People that just think that this is like some magical thing that happens. No, you got to be using your head from yeah. minute, from minute one, second one. Yeah. And that's another thing that like try to explain to the newbies, or even to the oldies, like old person, like somebody starting out to be a, a triathlete when they're like fifty five. I didn't even start to even think about it being a runner until I was fifty five. Yeah. I didn't do anything until I was fifty five, and that's when it all started. So uh it's not too late to start when you're fifty-five. That's nope. that's uh you be a newbie and then, then you become weathered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then you become weathered. But I like to I like to encourage as many people because yeah. it is a very magical the people that it's just like camaraderie. Like if you did it, you did it. You I mean people can talk up a story. Yeah. But if you if you swam two point four miles, you swam two point four miles. Yeah. And if you biked one hundred and twelve, you biked one hundred. Not, you didn't make it look like you biked one hundred and twelve. Yeah. <laughs> you biked the damn one hundred and twelve. Yeah. If, if you if you did it, you did it. Yeah. And if you, you did the marathon, you did it. Yeah. So there's a like a badge of honor or courage or stupidity or whatever <laughs> it is. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like right there. Yeah. Uh, so That's funny. It, it's just been fun, 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 on the whole way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hey, do you have any personal mantras or sayings that you kind of tell yourself?
1: No, I just uh, think, uh, well, see, I have a lot of faith. In everybody that passed before me, yeah, I think they're up there someplace. Yep. And they say, "Hey, you guys and girls, come on around this table." <laughs> and my grandson, or my son, or. My friend from high school or college, he's going to put on some show for us.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's what I think about. Okay. Parents especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm with you. I believe that too. Um, put on a show. Yeah, I agree. What do you think some of your secrets to success as an athlete?
1: Oh, it has to be your attitude, what's inside of you. Yeah. See, the muscle. The muscles are the muscles to either build them or train them work with what you've got, but the attitude, the heart, the heart behind the head, or the head behind the heart, and that goes to the muscles. Gotta have heart, yeah. gotta have head. Determination, commitment, ownership. You wanna take ownership of this thing. I've taken ownership of everything I've ever done. Some of it worked out, some of it didn't. Some of it magic, some of it tragic. But I took ownership, every of whatever I did. If I failed, ownership of it. Yeah. And I try to do better the next time. If you do it passively, kids used to say, like, you still get worried when you're in the starting around? Do you get worried? Do you get worried? I said, I have concerns. Uh, I don't call it worried anymore. Initially, it was worried till I learned what it was all about. But I have concerns. I don't walk in there and say, hey, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I spit on this thing. There's like <laughs> nothing. No. I take ownership and with that comes concerns and that's how I do business. It's uh, it's all part. It's all part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, just one little side thing about how my brain works. You want to know yep. how I get my motivation? Yeah. I love oysters. I don't know if you like oysters. I do. You, you do you really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go to a, a bar or a dinner and pay two dollars for an oyster. I'm not doing it. Uh, so I want to learn how to open my own oysters. You don't open your own oysters, no. do you? No. Okay, well, let me tell you. I talked to this one exec chef. I said, well, I'm a blind guy. I do a lot of stuff. You need eyes to open oysters? He says, no, you don't. No, you don't. You just need a desire to do it. So, for me, having my thumb find the opening in the back of the oyster, like finding which is up and which is down, that's easy. I can do that with my left hand. But finding the entry point is easy. Okay. Well. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it isn't. But that's all part of the experience. Take the oyster from the refrigerator, chilled, take one out at a time. You don't want to rattle it and shake it and let them know you're coming. You just take it out carefully and wrap the cloth around the oyster and find the assertion point, and then you work it in little by little, and it's all part of the excitement. Sometimes I used to get frustrated like oh my god. This is terrible terrible. I turned it into part of the experience Just imagine this oyster is going to give up its life for you. Yeah, so he's fighting to stay alive (laughs) And you're fighting to eat him And that's pretty much it. He's fighting to stay alive So if he gives it up then maybe he's not gonna taste that good. Yeah, so I turn that into all part of the experience and sometimes I'll I'll open up six of them have them on a plate and I'll sit there with my martini. Mm-hmm. And uh, people say, well, aren't you going eat the oysters? I said, no. <laughs> I thought about when I opened them. Now I'm going to think about them before I start slurping them down. <laughs> it's all part of the experience. And uh, one step at a time, like you said with the swim, biking, and running, yep. you don't think about the long distances. Just, just open the oysters. Think about enjoying a opening. Think about enjoying eating them. And then think about that martini, and then you gradually, then it's done. Then you, then it's cleanup. Yeah. And did you enjoy the overall experience? And I could slurp down six oysters probably in thirty seconds. But then, <laughs> what? That's it. You Slurp down oysters. Yeah. Um, somebody like you, who is still trying to figure things out, your, your kids, uh, your right, reached a point. Um, where you can start to think about just being peter peter with his bride peter before yep. there were children it's like a cool cool place to be and yeah but it's a little cute and then you for some reason uh are double bubbling with your physical therapy degrees and people that you meet up with and but you have to inspire them they come in all broken yeah and you you want to get them back, and they say, well, hey, you know, I just talked to this 77-year-old clown that's still doing stuff, and he's just coming back from stuff. He came back from the torn meniscus that needs attention, and I got these, this stenosis of L3 and L4 now, so I know it's coming at me. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, We'll see where it it goes.
0: Charlie, I can't thank you enough. You know, when when I think about things is, you know, these athletes, like they can do marathons in two hours or, you know, Ironmans in eight hours, you know, they're impressive. But the stuff that inspires me are people who, like these double amputees that are doing events, cancer survivors, and you as a blind athlete, you know, you guys inspire me. And that's where I appreciate everything you do.
1: Well, now you have to carry it to the next level make it make it count someplace else yeah and, uh,
0: well i appreciate it thank you so much for spending time with me charlie i know i kept you probably longer than uh, than expected but i appreciate it
1: oh thank you very much and if you quite possibly uh make some presentations if you find an audience that it might be worth talking to I'd uh, love that.
0: I'd love that, Charlie. That'd be great. I hope that we our paths cross again. Hopefully there you go. this COVID stuff gets taken care of, and then that way we can get back to where we get to see you and we can spend some time together.
1: Sounds beautiful.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot, okay, Charlie. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Charlie. I originally was going to apologize for the inconsistency of the audio feed due to having some technical difficulties, However, after careful consideration, I decided it provided a great analogy for life. If we wait for perfect conditions or the right situation, we will allow life to pass us by. Charlie is a great example of how, no matter what storms you have weathered in your life, you do what is necessary to take a chance and keep moving forward. Just like riding a tandem bike, if you are willing to put in the work and have faith, anything is possible. His willingness to take ownership of all his decisions, both good and bad, can be a great lesson for everyone. His core exercise routine may not be ideal in the textbook world, but for Charlie, it is perfectly tailored to the blueprint of how he was instructed by his father to take on life. Plus, to us, he may be an Iron Man, but to his grandchildren, I am sure he's a superhero. I encourage everyone to take on life like Charlie takes on eating oysters with focus, determination, patience, and appreciation. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe, leave a comment, and share with your friends. My miles are for the journey. God bless. Pete Perusik.